The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Once again, everybody, and yes, we did in fact decide to keep going despite how last week's episode ended. You are listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Uh, before we get started with the show, of course, words from our sponsors. Thanks to SmartMark Video, who takes care of all of our video needs. Head to smartmarkvideo.com and you can purchase past DVDs or download shows through their MP4 streaming. Please do that because we got to pay for Arn Anderson soon. Also, SM. VOD.com. Oh, there you go. All those things. Uh, also, thanks to Angelo's Pizza, who's feeding us here today, and they also take care of you, our fans at live events at Mount Carmel. If you would like to try out some of Angelo's award-winning pizza or any of their other delicious dishes, head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And as always, thank you to Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our graphic, apparel, and design needs. They can do all of that for you. Just head to their website, and you can take a look at their entire catalog, all the different things and options that are there for you at jackprince.com. J-A-K Prince.com. That's right. And that voice that you heard is none other than Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, who will be joining us on this episode, along with his tag team partner in dedication personified, Brian Carson. What up, Steve Guy? And my name, as Brian just pointed out, Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts as always, and of course, the owner of AIW, John Thorne. And on this episode, as we told you we would last week, we are talking about the J-Lit 2017. Hopefully that toast sets in on Worldwide and uh, he, he doesn't interrupt so much. Weird Body is nursing him back to normalcy. Yeah, it should be noted, although... Uh, these are the guys sitting in right now. We are also probably at some point will be joined by Alex Worldwide Keller, potentially probably, we Weird Body, and, uh, and the Bone Collector, Dominic Garini, also on this episode. Uh, well, let's get into this first. We gave you guys the buildup. The biggest thing going into JLIT that entire week was, in fact, the hotel situation that we had to deal with. Uh, it kind of got resolved, despite the fact that... Not it, according to my credit card statement. Yeah. Things were that extra ten, that extra ten bucks a room goes a long way. It really does, uh, but we were thankful at that point. We didn't have any cancellations on the actual tournament until the day hits. Uh, it was, yeah, or, it was a little later. It was early morning. Yeah, I don't know exactly what is going on, but uh, Mr. Jimmy Rave said that there was a family emergency. And he would not be making it, uh, even though I had purchased him a flight and. Everything else, uh, he said, sorry, can't make it. Well, whatever that was, we wish him well. Yes, hopefully he is uh, getting that taken care of, whatever, whatever's going on with Mr. Rave. Uh, but there we are, fucked, you know, with a... Uh, one open spot. One open spot. And uh, Weird Body was about to find his way back into this tournament. Weird Body almost found his way back into the tournament. Weird Body probably caused that family emergency Jimmy Rave had to go through to get back on the card. 
Oh, I don't know about that. Looking back oh, for a spot. Me, I know about that. I know how weird body works. So Jimmy Ray not able to make it. Uh, what are you thinking there, John Thorne? Well, Jimmy Ray was supposed to wrestle Tom Lawler. Spoiler alert. Thanks to Worldwide. Yeah, Worldwide and his uh, genius, apparently. Uh, so I'm like, fuck, who can we get to wrestle Tom Lawler? Because, you know, like Tom Lawler is, you know, coming out of the UFC. Uh, and I know he had some wrestling experience. But, you know, you want to make sure that they're in there with somebody. You know what I mean? Like, because they're coming out of a full force world. Yeah. So, like, you want to make sure that they're that they're kind of in there with, like, a veteran or something, just in case something goes awry. Uh, and then I was like, fuck. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to shoot Dan Severn a message. He lives in Michigan. That's not that far. And uh, so I send him a message. I text him. I don't hear anything back. I get a, I get a message that says, call me. I say, okay. I as, call we, Dan- as we've discussed before on the show, usually phone calls in the wrestling world are not for good things. Yeah, but Dan Severn, he's old <laughs> he's school. He's the exception. A lot of old school guys. I don't see talk him sending too many Facebook messages, That's true. messages That's or true. text messages. So uh, I call him, no answer. Leave him a message, nothing, no call back. Text him, say, hey, I left you a message. He responds, call me. I call him again, no answer. Leave him another message. Uh, So then finally he he calls me and I answer. And uh, I tell him the situation. And he goes, well, you're in luck. I am somehow wide open this weekend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we discuss terms and uh, I tell him, hey, this is, this is the situation. This is what I can do. You're going to be a surprise. Uh, and he's like, okay, you know, just I'm in. I'll be, what time do I got to be there? And I said, can you be there by 5 p.m.? He said, yep, I'm going to pack my car and I'll be on the road. And uh, Dan Severn showed up with looking like a killer dad, dude. Polo shirt tucked in, salt and pepper hair. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was the hard thing was sneaking, sneaking him in uh, what I call the Ronda Rousey door. The thing was, obviously, as, as people who were there know, the fun of it, came actually before that the best part about the dan severn thing turned out to be dan severn's idea uh on his own when he found out he was having a match with tom lawler right so i i explain it to him and uh he goes oh that tom lawler you know he did something real funny about me once i don't know if you ever saw it and he starts explaining to me the the weigh-in thing where tom lawler dressed as dan severn and i go oh yeah yeah i saw it he goes you know it would be funny if he did that again, <laughs> and then I came out dressed exactly the same. So then, but then you tell Tom Lawler this, right? And uh, well, he's in you know he's in the air pretty much because he was on a red eye. He lands and he you know sends a message back and he goes, "Are you fucking serious?" I said, "Yeah," but I said, "Here's the thing: he wants you to dress like him again." He's like, "Fuck." Can you have somebody take me to go get hair dye? And I said, well, I said, what do you, I said, what do you need hair dye for? He goes, well, I'm not going to fucking half-ass it. <laughs> so Tom Lawler spent the whole day Friday going around town acquiring hair dye and a gray T-shirt and uh, doing all the things that he could uh, do to look like Dan Severn. Trimming up the mustache. He trimmed up the mustache. And uh, little did he know, since Dan Severn was booked at such short notice, Dan Severn himself did not have time to go dye his hair. That's right. <laughs> so, so Dan Severn had a little salt and pepper going on, and Tom Lawler was, you know, pure black. But the, the fun for the fans, when Dan Severn's music hits, and they all pop, thinking, here comes Dan Severn, but instead, out comes ta- Tom Lawler. They're all pissed at that point. And then Dan Severn's music hits again, and I think from being in the ring in that moment, everybody still was pissed, thinking that Traxler was playing the wrong music. Thinking Traxler fucked up because yeah, he always or, fucks up the music. somebody else is going to come be an asshole. 
And then Dan Severin comes out, and I, I think I got to say, so far in 2017, that might be the number two pop of the year in AIW. Next to me, of course. Next to John Thorne, of course. <laughs> yeah, so like that's kind of the fun part when, you know, we could have very easily gotten a graphic together and promoted this, and it would have got a lot of buzz. But like, that's part of the live experience, I think, of coming to AIW. Yeah. So it's like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Let's not say Jimmy Rave's not, not going to be there. You know, uh, we got... We got Dan Severn, which people are going to go... Like, if you announce that in advance, you don't get that fucking pop. You know no, what I mean? Right. Uh, so it was like, you know, fuck it. Like, tickets are already sold. Like, whatever. Like, who fucking cares about getting, like, some internet fucking buzz three hours before the show? Like, let's just fucking get a good, genuine pop. Uh, and it fucking... You know, it. whatever happened in the match didn't matter. Just to get that fucking moment... That's all anybody's going to fucking remember anyway. You know, they could have had a fucking five-star classic. It wouldn't have fucking mattered because, uh, and they definitely did not have a five-star classic, I might add. Uh, no, no. It was uh, another uh, same old story there, unfortunately. Yeah. With, with Mr. The- Mr. Severn, is, uh, he's very particular. Not, not exactly, not exactly the, the, the best of memory on, on, uh, on him, uh, but uh, it was great nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, so that was really the big change jail at weekend. Uh, as, we, as we sit here and we're looking at the card, there are plenty of other fun things. Sean Schultz, uh, Ethan Page was a fun which, match. Which everybody was shocked. You know, that was kind of the – we opened with that. Right. Because that was kind of the bracket buster coming right out. Uh, because I think people just thought, you know, it's a tournament. Ethan Page is the bigger name. Ethan Page is obviously – gonna advance in the tournament and it's do been an absolute champ do Saw a lot of people in the crowd as soon as uh the one two three happened on ethan page that people just like threw their brackets in the air like oh it's over and that's why we opened with it because it's like okay now we're gonna like now we're gonna set the precedent that like we're gonna do things a little bit differently uh and i think that's the fun of the jail at weekend too because anything could really anything could really happen uh and like it's not like Oh, haha, we're gonna fucking do this to like piss off fans. It's just like, hey, like you you never know which way we're gonna go. And like obviously Sean Schultz is, is he becomes a big factor in this how this tournament plays out. Right. Um and that was kind of setting the tone for it, like match one. And we're not necessarily going to go through all the matches here, but we're gonna hit some of the fun highlights. And since they are here, one of the fine fun highlights was the matchup of Swaggle and Mordecai. And uh, Dr. Dan and Brian Carson, you guys uh, kind of got to take some part in that. Well, before, before we get to that, Uh-oh. this whole Mordecai thing was Swaggle's idea. Um, That's true. Well, and I, and I guess before we even get to that... It, I forgot that we, we didn't even mention that we kicked Jayla Weekend off at the strip club. I was, well, I was just going to say, we uh, had ourselves a fine lunch at the... Crazy Horse in downtown Cleveland. Thank you for taking care of us, people there. Wonderful establishment. Food was excellent. Food was, food was excellent. The food was the best part of it, Steve Guy? Uh, yeah, for me it was, oh. Brian Garza. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to my girl. I forgot her name already. That's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to forget their names. And they're done Like that. Ember or something? I don't know. Ember? I don't know. Sure. Mm. So already we were... It, it, it was actually pretty amazing that we ended up Jayla Weekend uh, profitable, despite the fact that we started at the Crazy Horse with John Thornton there. Well, thankfully, I left uh, all the PayPal money in my trunk uh, before I entered the j- before I entered the Crazy Horse. Just went in with my personal cash, yeah, uh, which we, I spent way too much of. But we were sitting there at lunch with Swaggle, the Mordecai match being his idea, and he just looks around and says, "I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with him." Right, and I said, "You're a fucking professional, man." Figure it out. That's what a fucking headhunter would say. That's that's accurate. Not what a fucking goddamn movie star would say. Well, movie stars could be prima donnas. Yeah, fucking. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that Worldwide gets into the fucking PWI 500 because Swaggle is fucking furious about this campaign. <laughs> fucking furious because he's never made it ever. He says if he makes it, he's fucking. He's just like gonna be fucking irate so mad so i don't think that there's a voting process for the pwi 500 but if you want to piss off hornswoggle aka swoggle 
FKA Hornswoggle. Uh, tweet the official PWI Twitter account and tell them you want to see Alex Worldwide Keller in the PWI 500 this year. That's at the Tower Skin. Anyway, we're at we're at the strip club. Yeah, and uh, Hornswoggle. It's a gentleman's club. Yeah, gentleman's that's why we club. were there. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that burger I had was excellent. I uh, I don't remember what I had, but it was really good. I think he had a turkey club or something. Ah, something like that. It was delicious. But uh, Steve Guy is the kind of person that would get a turkey club. And a I don't think it was the turkey club. I think I actually had like a chicken that I cut up or steak or something. So I, I wouldn't trust steak, but all right. It's delicious. We had it there before. So Go on great. Fridays, they wrap it in bacon. I spent about, spent about 100 and, 120 bucks in there. Uh, just on burgers, of course. And uh, Swaggle was very nervous about this Mordecai match. He was very nervous. Very nervous. Yeah, I mean, as soon as, like, when I saw him at the, when I, when I got, when uh, he got to the venue, we were putting up the ring. I, just, I walked up, I said hi to him and everything, and, you know, he's just like, you got any ideas? I'm like, well, when I get there after working all day, I get there and Swaggle goes, all right, I got this plan. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when Dr. Dan shows up, he's like, okay, we got everything planned. Everything's cool. Like, I see him and he goes, what the fuck are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it's not, I'm not in the match. Like, I don't fucking know what we're going to do. <laughs> but you are the match. I mean, he this was is ter- the guy. He was terrified of that fucking. Yeah, he's like, do you have any ideas? Like, no, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm down for whatever. You know me. I mean, he can't be taking bumps anymore. He was terrified of that fucking. Cross fucking power bomb, which we'll get to that in a minute. Terrified. But we of get it. there, and he's like, "All right, I got these two wooden crosses. I want to break one today and one tomorrow, but I want to wrap one in barbed wire." This is Mordecai. This is Mordecai. Yes. And I'm just like, "All right, well, let's figure out how we can break one now." With the barbed wire, though, he's like, "Oh, we'll save that. Don't worry. That's decor- decorative. It's a symbol." <laughs> so, what about? Because at one point during this match, Swaggle gets thrown outside. God, to no. you guys, <laughs> talk about he, he was he he wasn't like scared that we weren't. Gonna he doesn't catch like him, heights, but he just said, right. "Please, ca-, he was like, please catch me." And he's like, "Also, I'm bottom heavy. You just gotta like make sure you catch no my shit. Legs. I'm like I'm like a he, small cannonball. Yeah, he's like, just make sure you catch my legs and everything else will be fine. We're like, dude, we got you. Like, don't worry. Hey, you guys are really fucking exposing the biz here. Hogan would be fucking Hogan would be furious if this was Carson. He's <laughs> well, got that bonnet. We were there. We caught him. It was all good. As soon as we come down on the ground, he pats us both on the head and goes, thanks. You guys saved the day. So what about this uh, uh, crucifix powerbomb? Well, we had this idea where he would hit Carson at one point, and then he would pick me up for the powerbomb and powerbomb me on top of Brian. Okay. And he seemed logical. You know? Reluctantly sure. was like, all right, I th- you know what? That's a good idea. We'll do it. And then later on, we're about three minutes from going out to the curtain. He goes, you know what? I'm just going to hit you with your lacrosse stick a couple times, and I'm just going to kick Carson. I go, you sure? He goes, yeah, uh, I don't want to give you that powerbomb. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll get up there however you want me to you know, get up over your shoulders. We'll be fine. He goes, nope, not going to do it. I'm just going to hit you a couple times. He's like, We're going to save it for yeah. night two. He's like, I'm going to give it to him tomorrow night, so don't worry about it tonight. Got to make him come back for something. <laughs> And he proceeds to hit me with my lacrosse stick as hard as he possibly can. And I was not ready for that whatsoever. It was, uh, it was a sight to behold, that entire thing. Dude, I was fucking, I was at the thorn position, a.k.a. the bar. Right. Area. And fucking Mordecai hit Hornswoggle so fucking hard with his garbage can. Like, I, that's right. It was Full to the fu- that garbage that the garbage around can the entire area that garbage can like no joke must have weighed twenty pounds and he fucking waffled him right in the head with it I fucking lost my mind he hit him so fucking hard and like then just was like looked at me and he was just like think I saw that one in TNA and I was like what the fuck does that mean I don't know what that means <laughs> but he hit him so fucking hard I was dying laughing. What about I hope I fucking hope Gary fucking captured that on fucking video because, dude, he fucking hits him oh, so him. fucking hard. Like I cannot even I can't even begin to describe how fucking hard it is. He got hit right in the fucking head. <laughs> what about when that entire? I I enjoyed the fact that our our stage guys let the whole thing fill up with the the fog before Mordecai came out. It was like. And that was the most legit. Yeah, that was one of the most legit entrances I think we've ever had there at AIW. Shout out to Dave and Craig. Stage guys. 
so that was that match. Um, other fun we had there, Colt Cabana and Space Monkey, I think is worth noting. People, the whole fucking show is worth noting, pal. But I mean, as we break things down here, that was a fun one where like everybody always obviously points out Space Monkey does his banana spots and whatnot. But this time we get Subway thrown in there. And these two Cabana loves Subway. He does. And so we have just general knowledge. The Subway and banana subway getting eaten back and forth. But the best is he literally goes up to uh, now Parker Pierce and goes, hey, this is my order. And hands him a piece of paper and goes, go up to that Subway and go get me it right now. And this is five minutes before bell time. <laughs> it's right at the gimmick tables. Uh, Joey Janela and Laredo Kid. That was just... Laredo kid, Laredo kid earned fucking second second life on night two. That he did. Uh, that always craziness. Uh, speaking of craziness, super crazy and Matt Cross. So we finally get to that match. What a! I don't I don't know Spectacle. how to explain that spectacle. A lot explain of explain it for me, Steve. Uh, well, Grandma Cross, perhaps the most over thing in AIW wrestling right now. She fucking, you know what's over is the, her fucking beer sales. That's over with me. She buys a lot of beer. <laughs> She's a regular at the ticket, ticket booth. Yeah, she buys a lot of beer tickets. I thought that she was. I thought she was going to punch super crazy at one point when he was over there. Yeah, fucking right. She should have. That was that. That match was a lot of fun. I think to watch. Obviously, all the flips that you wanted. But to see... It was, was a good it? match to end the night on because everyone was all into it. But possibly because of Grandma Cross, but... The show, the the show didn't end on that, The show though. didn't end on that, That wasn't though. the main event? No, 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 sir. What was that first half? The that last was the first half main event. There we go. Yeah. Really quick, I think the best part of that match, besides, obviously, you said the spectacle, was the whole crowd chanting Abuelo, which is, yes. which is Spanish for grandmother. The, the, the man who started that... Infamous Kenny Wang Yang. Oh, Kenny oh. Wang Yang. <laughs> Kenny Wang started started chanting Abuela. One Joshua Bishop fan, Kenny Wang Yang. Fluent in Spanish, is he? Chanting yeah. Abuela. Yeah. He yeah. drops it. Kenny Wang Yang, man. A fucking legend. I think I think we might set up the podcast. Oh, good Lord. We might set up the podcast equipment uh, for Kenny Wang Yang at an after party one of these days. At an after party? That episode will never air. (laughs) Yeah, he says a lot of shit you shouldn't say in public. Yeah, absolutely. Or at Uh, all. Ever. Or ever. (laughs) No human should ever utter some words he says. While while you guys are here, your nemesis also involved in a match there in round one in J-Lit. Mike Tolar taking on Britt Baker. Oh, Yes. That was that was definitely a match that happened. The Duke got interfered a little bit. <laughs> it was a match that happened. <laughs> match that happened. Yes, we'll go into more of uh, you guys interfering in Britt Baker's matches. On we'll night go into two. more matches that happened. Yeah, but while we bring up Mike Tolar in the Duke, there's another guy sitting here next to you, Doctor Dan. So we might as well bring him over. He also was a part of Jail at Night One, Mister Dominic Garini. You got to wrestle another ECW legend. Hold on, how much do you love the Duke? Um. If I had to piss on the Duke, if he was on fire, I wouldn't even do that. I would let him burn. Wow. That's the Duke 1279, by the way, on, the, on Twitter. How many Twitter followers does the Duke even have? Like 17? So, uh, I tell you what, the numbers don't lie. And he has record low numbers on this podcast. And our numbers have not recovered since the two weeks with the Duke. Even, <laughs> 400, his reach is 400 even Missy Hyatt says numbers are down. Yes. Missy Hyatt knows, and the Duke says, I did not properly promote his appearance, and that is the cause of the record low numbers. Oh, I don't he says, know about I that. Sa- he says, I sabotaged my own podcast numbers. To, so this is, this is how crazy the Duke is. Yeah, we're businessmen here, pal. I'm, so- I'm sorry, Duke, that your softball buddies must not be big podcast <laughs> listeners. Oh, my. Yeah. The Duke says I've sabotaged my own podcast. They don't in order just to have that he had low numbers. I I, hey, I did get recognized at Comic Con one year, you, so I mean, yeah, you can't he's download be, a podcast on a flip phone. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be pissed that I fucking moved the absolution date to July twenty second just because he booked his flight to Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, can't wait till he hears that and finds out. Let's not tell him until he hears it. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller here to tell you about it. Thrift Store Jabber. He's got a doozy of one for you this week. It's a fiery boy. Fuego, if you have had the Espanol. That's right. It's Kane, bearer of pain. 
The rhyme is so on time. And let me tell you something straight out of 1998. For $30, size large, large will fit anybody that you know, even you, if you believe in yourself enough. Now, let me tell you people something. If you want to get this thing for 10% off, you go to at Thrift Store Dropper on Instagram, Etsy, or eBay. And by God, you put in the promo code WORLDWIDE. That's WORLDWIDE. And you get 10% off. So you get this righteous next level cane shirt, this fucking goal shirt for 10% off, Pally. That's $27. Find out. Worldwide at Thrift Store Jobber. Uh, but Dom, you got to t- you got to have a match with Uncle Guido. Oh yeah, um, Uncle Guido, who we for a little bit there, Thorn thought might not be making it. Oh yeah, oh, fuck, yeah. I forgot about that. He fucking got to the airport at, uh, he had a 9 a.m. flight, I believe. He sends me a picture uh, of a fucking draft beer at 7 a.m. Says I'm kicking off the jail at weekend, right? <laughs> Texts me, flight delayed. Sends me more pictures of beers. <laughs> I'm supposed to get on my flight at 11. More pictures of beers. Flight delayed again. One o'clock. My flight delayed. Two, he calls me, he says... Do you, do you want me to still come? They're saying that I could get there by, by seven thirty, or maybe six thirty. Do you want me to come or do you want me to go home? Because I've been drinking all day. <laughs> he goes, I thought I was just gonna you know have a couple and then get on the you know get on the plane. Said, well, he always thinks that. I said, a fucking course I want you to still come. He says, all right. So then he goes, I'm boarding the plane. Okay, they deboarded me. Should I still come? I said, yes, still come if you could come. He says, they're offering vouchers. I said, I don't give a fuck about those vouchers. I want you to come. <laughs> so he finally gets on a fucking flight, and he gets there at, like, doors were open by the time he finally landed. Yeah, we I, opened doors right at 6.30. I think he got there at, like, 7 or 7.30. Yeah. But uh, he did make it, thankfully. Yes, Guido made it. Uh, he came downstairs, and uh, in pure Uncle Guido fashion, he goes, okay, Dom, give me a second. Uh, let me change, and we'll start talking this over. Um, we then just discuss a couple of things and he goes, Dom, I'm an old man. Uh, I'm a pretend shooter. You're a real shooter. Just don't hurt me. And I just go, uh, Guido, you were trained by Billy Robinson. So, um, I'm pretty sure you can hold your own. Yeah. Guido really fucking like, he really like, he really undersells himself. Yeah. He really undersells himself. (laughs) The most, like the man that will undersell himself the most in the professional wrestling world is probably little Guido. Like this man who, if you've listened to him discuss his like training in professional wrestling and like the UWFI shoot style literally got tortured through hell to learn how to become a grappler. And then he'll just be like, eh, well, you know. It's not that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he probably had the most hardcore training of anybody fucking in the world, uh, you know, outside of like some fucking you know old school like Japanese dojo shit. And like he explained to me, his training was just like they flew him to Nashville and they just would beat him up every day. And he got his UWFI contract because like he was the only guy that didn't go home and like just kept coming back because they said that they would eventually pay him money. So, like, he kept showing back up to get beat up every day, and, like, it's he started in a group of guys, and then, like, he was the only guy that was there still coming every day because everyone else couldn't handle getting beat up, and they were like, all right, you're in. You're going to Japan. You're in the UWFI. Your name is James Stone. And he was like, that, he was like I didn't fucking know. They just said that they're going to pay me, you know? So I just kept going every day and get beat up. Yeah, I mean, like... To like put that into like a martial arts term, it'd be like being a white belt in jujitsu and having a bunch of dudes just never teach you anything. It'd be like, hey man, come back tomorrow so I can rip your arm off or choke you unconscious. That's pretty much how Guido explained to me and anybody else how his training went, which to me, that seems like a personal hell. Yeah, and that's like, you know, like pro wrestling training. There ain't no fucking pro wrestling training you get no. these days, dude, you know? So uh, yeah, Guido definitely undersells the fact that he could fucking probably kill somebody. Plus, he might be the most in-shape 50-plus-year-old man of all time. I was going to say, the other thing he undersells is what kind of shape he's in. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, he's like fucking in phenomenal shape. Yeah, we've he, got boys on the roster that are 30 years younger than him. You ever see, you not ever, in that shape. You see when he went on that vacation to fucking Universal Studios and got in trouble for just walking around with no shirt on? <laughs> Check that Twitter out, dude. He was just fucking pop that top right off. He was just fucking trying to get on the fucking Spider-Man ride. <laughs> but yeah, that was essentially a lot of the Guido um, experience. Uh, besides him doubting himself, um, he did have a great idea. And when uh, it comes out on Smart Mark, it probably is what will already be out by the time this comes out. Where we would do a amateur wrestling exchange, and then we would do the top bottom position. And he was really excited to get to do that, and I was happy to oblige him. Um, I was really excited, looking forward to Guido. When I got announced for Jaylit, there were a couple of people on my wish list. One of them was Guido, so I was extremely excited to get that match, Steve. And I mean, it was a lot of fun to watch. You guys were just like doing, it. like you said, Guido's doing the, the shoot style. Goddamn best, dude. Yeah. He is the he is best in the world. If you were not. If you're a promoter and you are not booking Guido, you are fucking up. Because, like, he is the fucking best. Yeah, just for, just for the sake of having him there, there's really no excuse. Um, elsewhere on, on night one, we've got Gringo Loco and Colin Delaney, which, you know, Thorne, you could speak to. We've got that fun backstory going there. Is it fun? It's not. It's pretty... <laughs> It's not yeah, fun. Well, entertaining, I guess, for I'm fans. Entertaining. entertaining a man was taste with a heart attack. Listen, Steve. you have no soul, brother. Who are you, the Duke? Well, <laughs> all right, all right. Do you have no you terrible you terminology? With the Duke My bad. We got to get you a thesaurus, brother. It's uh, an exciting. Doctor Dan's got to take you to Yale real quick. It's a rivalry. It's a great shocking. rivalry. It's definitely shocking. Nice play on words. Good work. It's a little rivalry going there, obviously, as been pointed out here by everybody else in the room. Colin Delaney, shocking uh, Gringo Loco previously uh, for Gringo Loco got on. his redemption, dude. He got his redemption. And he almost died yet again. He did. I did uh, on that moonsault there at the I end. I forgot about that. Slipped up quite a bit, and thank goodness uh, he survived. He's, uh, he said that was his first singles match since having a heart attack. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, you would never know by watching it. It looked great. He's, he's had, uh, I think, a few scrambles since then. Obviously, tag matches uh, at AIW, but I think that was, yeah. He said that was his very first singles match. He was super nervous about it. Yeah, But that he was... had all that adrenaline because he had been fucking tased by Colin Delaney <laughs> that he just could not, he just could not could say no to the matchup, Steve Guy. <laughs> uh, We're making his... movies here. His counterpart, Steve Payne, took on Alex Daniels. Beat the fuck out of Alex Daniels, dude. Ooh, poor Alex. Uh, a lot of chops. I think Steve, think Steve Payne was a little upset that he wasn't winning that bizelt, <laughs> even though it wasn't on the fucking it, up for grabs at all. It was all. not up for grabs. Hey, hey, John, is the title on the line tonight? No. Okay, I'm going to beat the fuck out of this guy for real, then. <laughs> That's how that conversation uh, went. And he did. <laughs> that, that was, was the, the main, main event, event of night one, yes. Uh, we also had Matt Justice uh, and Facade. On night one. That was a fucking good throwback match. That, those are like... Yeah. See, that was a match that I, I wanted... Like, I put on there because... Like, I feel that those two guys, for whatever reason, people have the lowest expectation of what they can do. Uh, just because, you know, they're like old... They're kind of like veterans at this point. They're older veterans at this right. point. And uh, I just think, for whatever reason, people just want to dismiss that. And I knew if I put those two together that they would be able to fucking... They would be very, very hungry to fucking stand out. And I think they did a good job. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Matt Justice has really fucking been on a roll, uh, which is you know, which is good for him. You know what I mean? Because he was just kind of like a dude for 10 years. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I think he's finally found that motivation or whatever. It's, I mean, top to bottom, it, it is... Night one, there's not... I know there were 12 matches. For some people, that's very long. But if you buy the DVD on Smartmark Video or the MP4, there's not really a match that you should skip through. There's something for everybody. I hate these uh, fucking fans that say it's too long, it's too fucking short. Fuck off, dude. This one's a tournament, you know? This one's supposed to be longer. We're having fun, dude. We're making movies, Thorne. And then as I talk about there being a match for everybody... I don't fucking... I don't put all this fucking time into this to fucking be there for 90 minutes, dude. I'm I'm in it for the fucking night. I'm there, dude. Fuck you, Paul. The last match that I have to mention on night one is, uh, is a match that, to a lot of people, stole night one in general. But I think that you knew that in making it, and that was Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, and Eddie Kingston. I actually, to be honest, I did not know. Really? I did not know that that would steal the show. The moment, the moment you announced it, I kind of did. I, see, I didn't because 
here's the thing about Eddie Kingston. Sometimes Eddie Kingston gets into a kind of fucking cruise control mode in his matches. You know? So, like, sometimes you get the fucking... Sometimes you get Eddie Kingston and, uh, and you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you get Eddie Kingston and, you know, he's fucking ready to go for it. And sometimes... You get Eddie Kingston that wants to wrestle in basketball shorts. No, I, see, Kingston and Tracy, that's... They're boys, man. They came from the same school. Like, Are they boys? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they're both, they're both New quote, Yorkers. And I quote directly from the mouth of Eddie Kingston at the Absolute Shots party. Tracy Williams is like my little brother. Exactly, man. He's going to jail it after party? No, this would have been Abso last year. Oh, wow. Long, long time coming. Yeah, long time coming between those two oh, guys. See, but, like, I'm not... See, I'm not sure. So... Like, I like putting Eddie Kingston in these predicaments that could potentially draw out the fucking motivated the, Eddie the, Kingston. Draw the War King back out of him? Just, you Uncle Eddie? No, just kind of draw... Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's... You got to put him in there, and so, sometimes someone's got to drag it out of him, and then he could deliver better than fucking anybody in the fucking world. But, like, you got to put him in there with the right guy. And, you know, I thought that might be the right guy, but I thought it could... You know, it's one or two things. Like when you put put them in there with somebody that they know, it's either going to be fucking going through the motions, or it's going to be hitting each other really fucking hard. And they hit each other really fucking hard. Like that match, well over delivered any expectation I had. Oh, for a solid ten to fifteen minutes, all they did was just hit each other really hard. And like, what was kind of great about that is like they both. In the early, you know, in the fucking later part of 2016, they both had fucking amazing matches with fucking uh, Erie, you know? Yeah. So that's what I was hoping when I put them in in there together. But, you know, it's always nothing's. And if I've learned anything, nothing in pro wrestling is fucking a sure thing. And especially nothing that look like you put down on paper and you think looks good. Sometimes. You know, the fucking wrestlers have a different idea or they fucking want to do it a different way and it doesn't work. Uh, but this match well, well, well over delivered at anybody's expectation. With Kingston Thorne, do you think it's like if King comes out in basketball shorts, you're not getting like that old school Kingston? He's got to have his comes, fucking gear he's on. He's got to have the gear on, right? Like he's got like he's got to have his gear. Like when he has his gear on, you know, it's you know, it's going to happen. He wants to be a fucking pro wrestler. When he has his fucking champs basketball shorts on, you don't fucking, you know what I mean? He's he's gonna want to brawl through the crowd and you know not. He's gonna want to do like a Tupelo, Mississippi concession stand brawl. Yeah, you know, which is fine, and those matches serve their purposes too. But when Kingston comes out geared up, he's gonna give you fucking pro wrestling match. And he Ready goes, for a show. And he goes, goes, what do you want? I said, fucking King's Road, man. You know my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you don't, you don't know what you're going to get, even though when you, as a promoter giving that, that's literally the only instruction I, I gave him was King's Road. And uh, they went out and they fucking, they, they did some King's Road shit, which is fucking, like, that match, in a, like, in a world that we're in today where there's a fucking match of the year fucking three times a weekend now, like, I highly encourage people to fucking really go by the jailet and watch that fucking match and don't let that match be fucking forgotten because it is fucking amazing and it's something that you like it's not like anything that you're going to that you're going to see that you see on a regular basis anymore. Right. How you know that John Thorne is passionate about that match is that the fuck count was at about 20 there just in describing that match alone. I mean, fuck's a great word, Steve. <laughs> I don't care. There's it is. Uses we have had, like, we, I, I did have some criticism for saying or, fuck too much. Yes, there were, there were moments where there were some complaints uh, about John Thorne saying it too much, but well, old school you. John Thorne let that out. So night one ends. Just fun, great matches all around. We, we covered all of those there. And then we roll into the after party happening at Nax. Now, I, I did not get to attend that. Because I was hanging back with the students. You wanted to pretend to be a producer. Hanging with the well, students. that's why I was there, to make sure everything was all right. Because I knew Steve Guy was staying behind. Brian uh, Carson was there as well. Yeah, that's usually, that's usually my job there, Brian, as the, as the responsible non-drinker of the crew. Well, you weren't there, so someone had to step I up. I was there. Where? Are, are we talking about the venue, or are we the talking venue. about... Oh, the venue. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
then I still want to know why the keys weren't put back properly. That and I got yelled fun. at the next morning. And that oh, was, student heat's going on. The veteran I'm, student I heat. I asked all of them. I said, who's what got the keys? What, like, whoever said they had them said they had them. And I was like, oh, good, good. I'm going. It was 3.30 at that point. I was going home. Well, I attended the next party. Yes. I was. Uh, As you should. I was the first person there, actually. I took, uh, I took student T. Drell, Trevor Drell. All right. I kidnapped him. Woo-woo kid. I said, which I said, hey, come with me because I don't want to go alone. And he was very scared that he was going to get heat for leaving because he was going to stay. He was going to stay until the last student left because because he has not he has not he has not debuted yet. So he did not want to get in trouble. How are you going to get like like the only heat that really, really matters is the fucking owner. And if you're going to do an owner a favor, like where's the heat coming from? Weird body. He wants to be in the brotherhood. He didn't want. Yeah. Like, I know Trevor's my boy, but like, that's silly. That's some silly shit. Trevor. Want, if you're listening to this, you're being a little silly. <laughs> he, he did not. He did not want any of the, any of the other students or veteran students to think differently of him. So uh, he was like. Fuck, man, am I allowed to go, man? Like, is this okay? And I said, yeah, it's fine. Come with me. Because I didn't want to go alone. And we went there, and, you know, we started drinking. And we literally walked into Nax, and it was, like, seven old people and me and Trevor. And it's, like, 1130 at night, and they're just, like, listening to, like, fucking Merle Haggard or some fucking What's weird shit. What's the jukebox shit. in working order? This is an important question. It was in working Something order. Something from last year. Okay, good. It was in working order. Uh, and then, like... 20 minutes go by and fucking people just start rolling in there and fucking it gets packed and Guido comes in and he fucking buys me a shot of Jameson, which I fucking hate whiskey, hate it. And, uh, but you can't say no to Guido because oh. you don't want to feel like fucking less of a man. That's rule, around no, rule number one of Jayla. You can't say Guido, no to Guido. And he gives me this fucking shot and next fucking just serves it straight up fucking warm right off the fucking hot shelf and I almost fucking puke fucking instantly. That's how you're supposed to take a Jameson shot. Fuck that, dude. I need to... I need to... I need you don't to, chill that. I need to fucking chill. So that fucking had me feeling a little fucking woozy. And then Guido kept trying to give me chicken fingers that he ordered. But then I got myself together and people start fucking rolling in and uh, I'll never fucking... My favorite moment at the after party it's it's fucking wall to wall and nax and fucking respect by pantera comes on and i just look i just look at fucking super crazy and super crazy looks at me and we both start doing the rvd taunt (laughs) and i said this is the fucking greatest moment of my life right now would this be the exact moment in which you uh facilitated a impromptu uh guido versus super crazy match for the next day well, after I got in trouble for ju- jumping on the tables and fucking trying to five star frog splash Br- Breaker's friends, Great Gals, Great Gals is world MVPs of the Jaylet weekend. I might add. Oh yeah. Should we should we give them a shout out? No. Okay. Yep. You can't yep. say them by That's name. That's it. That's enough. But uh, I uh I fucking I got in trouble. Almost got kicked out of next yet again, and uh. Then after that, Gringo Loco, I think, took a picture with Super Crazy and Guido. I took a picture with Super Crazy and Guido, but either somebody did not properly take it on my phone or somebody else took it because I do not have it. I deleted it. If you took a picture on your phone of John Thorne, Super Crazy, and Guido, uh, tweet that. Please send it to me. Yeah. But uh, then I talked to them and... uh, I said, I want you guys to wrestle each other tomorrow afternoon. And they said, fucking absolutely. They said, how much money do you guys want to do it? And they said, nothing. Which that story changed. But at that very moment, yeah. they said nothing. <laughs> we'll get into that later. It seemed, uh, seemed like the best idea ever. Uh, we're going to have an ECW reunion on uh, the student show. and It got fucking ruined. Got but we'll get totally to that next destroyed. week. That's, yeah, that's we'll next talk week, that next episode. <laughs> So who else was at uh, Dr. Dan? Did you go to the Nax? I, I did. I was the one that set it up and uh, to go yeah, to the after party, and uh, I was there. Got a whole you know wall to wall. I was actually talking to one of the bartenders today, and she said, "Yeah, it was pretty dead, and we were all getting nervous." And then midnight hit, and uh, we didn't know what hit us. 
fucking so, right, dude. The jail that we can hit you. It, yeah, so for the fourth hey, time. At least this time they did have more than two bartenders. Oh, that's good. And good they had hear. a full kitchen, so the food and every and the alcohol was flowing. Oh, now. that's excellent. They were prepared. Nope. Thankfully, the headhunters weren't there, thinking it was a personal appearance. <laughs> well, that's always good. They were sitting in the back corner. It's personal appearance. No, but it was not. great. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody came. You know, fucking Kevin Thorne was in there. Fucking part or Mordecai was in there partying with his white ass fucking hair. Uh, fucking everybody was there. Like all sorts of fans. Uh, these fucking these like I don't want to complain about it, but fans fucking buy me so many fucking drinks at these after parties. I don't know what to do, and it gets me fucking it, out you, of control. You do know that. We literally tell people to buy you Tito's multiple times on the show. But then it gets very overwhelming when I have like seven drinks in my hand. And there, okay, was one point, there was one point I was at a fucking table with Mordecai and uh, I had six, I think, Tito's in my fucking in front of me. And I just I put all the straws in my mouth and I think Britt Baker fucking Snapchatted it. I don't know if she saved it. And I just started fucking trying to drink them all at once because I was like, I got to get rid of these fucking things. Look, if, if you guys uh, you are buying John Thorne too many drinks or if you have pic- uh, pictures of that, uh, there are others of us in AIW. Like I, like you I can, said you last week. You buy us drinks. Like I said last week, AIW is all about 2.5-star matches, 5-star meet and greets, and a 6-star after party. That's right. <laughs> and that's... That, and that's 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 the fucking that's the AIW motto headed forward. Everybody knew where to go on this night because we told them all we were staying at America's Best Value. What happened at the hotel? Shana- I'm seeing a lot of chaos. I am seeing things on Snapchat. I'm, I'm going back and forth with Swaggle while Carson and I are with the students, and I'm trying to figure out, hey man, what should I show up there? Should I not? What's going on? It's a lot about three thirty in the morning. Happened. He I is knew asleep. Not to check my phone. I'm, I, I knew not Swaggle, to Swaggle I never says, made it out of the lobby. He says everybody went to sleep, and then I find out later that he was just sleeping in a bathtub. No, I made it to the lobby. Yeah. We just saw you on the outside of the parking lot. I was in the lo- I was in the lobby. Oh. So okay, here's here's kind of a great story about my really only experience at the hotel on Friday night. Oh yes. Uh, um, does this involve a certain? This involves little Guido. Okay. Uh, little Guido. Was, was rooming with Colt Cabana, and Colt Cabana went. They only gave one. They only gave me one key when we checked all the rooms in. And I didn't make a note of who was in what room. And Colt Cabana was sound asleep. Right. And little Guido goes, "I don't know what fucking room I'm in." So I go to the front desk, and I said, "I need a list of all the rooms that are in my name," which was a lot. And I said I knew that they were in a non-smoking room. So I said, "Show me the non-smoking rooms with two beds." And they did. And I said, "Give me keys to every single one of those rooms." So the guy gives me a key to like seven rooms. And I go, "Guido, I go here. Here's keys to seven rooms. Open them all till you find <laughs> Colt Cabana. That's where you're <laughs> supposed to be." <laughs> Which I presume he did. I assume he did. I mean, I don't know. He slept somewhere. Yeah, so I never, I never, I never, I never make it. I find out the next day that everybody decided that they were going to party in my personal room that I had <laughs> fucking signed. Fucking Steve Jack. Okay, okay. Listen, John Thorne was in the lobby. He told everybody to go up to his room. His so, room. so we Why go the there. We we go there. Uh. And we're waiting outside. You know, we thought, you know, someone was already in there. Uh, and then the room next door, the door just Chill. opens. No, you don't have to say shoot names, motherfucker. Well, fucking bleep No, it's like, what are you thinking? Anyway. Okay, this is where the alleged happens. Allegedly. Allegedly, Hornswoggle might have pulled me and Janela aside in a room. And he allegedly might have said, hey, guys, uh, Kenny Wang is talking drunk on you guys. Maybe you guys should, should come stop him. On you and uh, Swaggs? No, no, on Janela. Oh. So I was already mad enough at uh, young Kenny Wang for not wearing my shirt and for cheering for Guido all night. So at this point, I was fired up. I was fired up at just about everything, allegedly. And uh, I decided to go over, uh, take Kenny Wang's back, and allegedly once again. And mm-hmm. then uh, Joy Janela just started palm striking him. Allegedly. allegedly. What an allegation. You know, here's the thing. 
I was respecting. There's no, there's no real witnesses that can uh, cooperate that story, though. Weird. You know, so. no. it's all alleged. I'm afflicted by this terrible addiction. I am addicted to smoking cigarettes, so I was respecting John Thorne's hotel room and smoking on the back you were, patio. You were, you were about the only one. Yeah, yeah, just about. And I was respecting it, and I was on that back patio. But then I saw some balderdash going on in there, and I saw Kenny Wayne on his back, and. By golly, gosh darn, I went in there, I got myself a nice little uh, step over toehold, and I got myself a figure four, and that was shortly after These fucking... were all, this is all alleged. Yes, alleged. You know, you, do, you did not do any of this. No, I'll no, I probably hit it on the wrong legs, we don't gotta worry about you, that. You didn't do shit, brother. But, those things might have happened, and, uh, but for some reason, Joey was kicked out of the room, and other people were kicked out well, of the room. Well, then I decided allegedly. to actually be a responsible adult at that point. Noticed the alleged errors of my ways and uh, tried to clear the room out as best I could. And, and I just hit on the patio and like uh, just had fun with the gales. And that's night. when everyone went into Thorne's room and uh, Worldwide and I got separated. Allegedly, uh, allegedly there was a, some separation. Worldwide was in the previous room. I was in Thorne's room. You allegedly. had some really good conversation over there, I heard. Yeah, yeah, brother. Trevor was there. He's holding down the fort. Uh, yeah, yeah, Trevor's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was fun after party. Was. You know, I talked allegedly. to some guys that I thought were friends, but weeks from now we'll find out we're not. This would, <laughs> this would all lead into essentially us on a wild goose chase uh, at Back to the Future Cup for Joey Janela. So I guess shall we roll in at night too, or should we leave that for another? Yeah, show? We'll, we'll we'll have to get to that another day. I think. All this right, is already folks, a long one. We're gonna try to throw this all in one, but uh, that's gonna wrap it up. That was Jay Lit Night One, as you can tell. Plus the after party. Eventful. As always, yeah. Well, the whole thing, the whole whole night one, yeah, and a little bit of morning of night two. It turns out, <coughs> I guess is how you look at that. Allegedly, Allegedly. Uh, we hope you guys. If you remember Jay Lit, you weren't there. That's the, really the rules. There you go. The rules of Jay Lit Weekend. Number one, not saying no to Guido, and number two, if you remember it, you weren't really there. That about right? Yeah. Good. Okay. Glad I got that. Okay. Well, that's six star after parties. <laughs> That is going to do it for this episode of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. On behalf of Brian Carson, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, Alex Worldwide Keller, Weird Body Evan Adams, Dominic Carini, and of course John Thorne, my name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week.